0: Hello and welcome to Into the Aether. It's a low-key video game podcast and my name is it's Brendan Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilger. Uh, Stephen, it's another rare nighttime recording session for you and I. It is. I'm back in Chicago. I yeah. flew in
1: last night after a week of visiting, uh, what is it called? God, Cyrodiil with uh-huh, you uh-huh. and our and our lizard friend. If you're confused, look it up. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I was you, in Jersey last week. you sent back to your negative realm. I was sent Uh, back to the Daedric realm
1: of debauchery with Sanguine. No. (laughs) Uh, I flew back to Chicago, and I flew back late Sunday night. Uh, Some insider information, we always record on Sundays, usually in the morning. Right. And I get coffee. I have breakfast. I'm usually an hour late. Uh, And then here we are tonight. I got some wine this time. It's a nighttime recording. It's not coffee. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, But uh, we're here. We're back in our... Uh, individual realms are appropriate <laughs> realms. Mm-hmm. You being the aedra me the Daedra. Yeah, and uh, we're gonna talk about some stuff.
0: Yeah, you're gonna talk about the game you said you were gonna talk about, and I'm not gonna talk about the game I said I was gonna talk about.
1: You're uh, not gonna sucker punch me with uh, any secrets this time,
0: <laughs> Stephen. I got big news. I've got been big playing... news. I'm your brother, and I'm playing <laughs> FF 7 <laughs>
1: Actually, fun fact: uh, the FF Eight <laughs> Remaster. Like, hey,
0: fun fact: you actually are my brother.
1: Yeah, fun fact: I'm your brother. Uh, the FF Eight Remaster is coming out, I think, in a couple weeks, which is exciting. Yeah. I don't know if that's. It, it's just. It's just so. It means so much to me that you liked Seven. You played Seven. You liked it. Spoiler for last week's episode.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's how that works, but yeah, no, I not. um I ha I haven't gone back to it um in a couple days, but I am sure. planning on it. Um, I just. There were a lot of other things I wanted to play uh, in the meantime, and uh, I'll be talking about them today, and I'm excited about it. But I, I I'm it. planning on making Final Fantasy 7 my like go-to game in between other stuff, so like I'll always just like keep returning sure. to it. Um, and I like it that way. It's, it's good it's- for that.
1: The only pitfall with doing that is you might forget where
0: you were. That that's like the only
1: thing that yeah. happens to me with those older RPGs is like, wait, what was I doing? Yeah. You C- can't look up what to do, and everything's so esoteric. Yeah. Well right now I'm looking for a chocobo, so pretty hard to forget that. <laughs> yes, that's true. Uh, that's what I've been doing with Breath of the Wild, actually, is like that's been slowly my like fallback that's awesome. Whenever yeah. whenever I don't have anything else going that's on. That's a
0: good game. It's really nice to have games like that. You know what I mean? It's nice to have games that are like kind of a kind of like a comfort food after like a long day to just go back to. Um, yeah. that just like kind of feel homey in that way. For sure. Um, yeah, I feel like we yeah. can have a whole separate conversation about that.
1: Cause I think that different elements go into that like you can have your breath of the wilds or ff7s where it's like this big world with like a very kind of uh grand scale of a story yeah like you kind of revisit slowly over time or it could be something like a destiny or an overwatch where it's kind of like a you know same same thing different situation going back yeah. to
0: i've talked about on the show before um like the two mobile games that i've been playing for years at this point domino drop yeah. and hold down that are like my commuting games because they don't require internet. So I just play them like pretty much my entire commute while listening to a podcast or music or whatever. If I'm not like reading a book or something, I'll play either of those games. And they just feel so comfortable. And like, yes, I'm doing like a high score chase at all times, you know, just like trying to beat the high score that I set eight months ago uh, (laughs) or whatever. But yeah, those those games are like so comfortable because my commute's like two hours each way. So like just having something kind of mindless to think about or do while I'm uh, just like stuck on the... fucking subway (laughs) it feels really good
1: (laughs) yeah and you have a longer commute right it's like a couple hours yes two hours each way yeah i get that i had a version of that at the airport oddly the best place to have a switch or 3ds that's Um, right the nintendo 3ds hidden in the crypt of our collective memories is the (laughs) nintendo 3ds uh one of i think nintendo's most criminally
0: underrated systems i will die on this hill i agree I do yeah. I, it's weird because like is it was it underrated when it was happening I'm not sure about that but it definitely like if you're looking back at the pantheon of Nintendo stuff the the Nintendo 3DS is like the reigning champ you know what I mean it's it's the king yeah. hippo of, of Nintendo <laughs> consoles. Um, I do think the
1: 3D feature is like oddly the most useless thing about it. In fact, the game I'm about to talk about doesn't even allow you to use it. Oh, like really? There's a, it's kind of like the Wii where at a certain point they're like, all right, you can just use GameCube controllers. We give up. <laughs> we try to have some fun, but no one's, you know, it's like the the parent that's trying to be cool with the kids. and like, you know what? Fine. Do your homework and have fun with your friends. I'm done. I'm taking off the Woody from Toy Story costume. Have fun without me. <laughs> uh, and that's, I don't know what kind of parent move that would be but that
0: was the wii u immediately too that was like <laughs> that that came out and like batman arkham city which was already at that point three years old came out and it was like you can fuck yeah, around with your inventory on the screen and that was the only game that used it
1: the launch titles for the for the wii u were that ever mass effect 3 was one of them which was even weirder because you couldn't upload one or two which is the whole fucking point right it was bizarre it was really bizarre Hot take Wii U was unsuccessful. But <laughs> 3DS wasn't. It's backwards compatible with the DS, which also had like an amazing library. Yes. Um, I also think getting any of those Game Boys, like Game Boy Advance and On, you're also kind of getting a weird version of that generation's like main system. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the Game Boy Advance library is just ports of Super Nintendo games. Yeah. But like, you can play Link to the Past on there, you could play Yoshi's Island on there. Yeah. Um,
0: Earthbound. Finally made
1: Earthbound. it Earthbound. Yeah, Nate think also on the digital marketplace for 3DS. I'm yes. telling you, it's a gold mine. It's great. I, oh, I it, just, it's I actually
0: s- worth mentioning. Just yeah. a, a piece of, hey, doot, 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 news, big news uh, today for the Nintendo 3DS and the Wii U <laughs> is that they're going to stop taking credit cards uh, as of this week. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: That's like, right. Just doubloons for us. <laughs> Cash order or credit in person. <laughs> Say I owe you to me, the 3 ds
0: <laughs> that's amazing they're gonna stop taking credit cards yeah yeah they're just gonna stop accepting credit cards so i think you have to get like eShop codes or something oh my if God. you want to buy stuff but just a heads up in case uh you hear about uh the game that steven's about to talk about and you're like i want that game i'm gonna download it you might not be able to buy it with a credit card
1: <laughs> that's right you might have to haggle for this one and <laughs> offer like yesterday's groceries yeah for
0: it. i'll give you 16 mud crab shells all right look the reason lightly I was used
1: ca- lightly used I uh, The reason I feel the need to defend 3DS is because I feel like literally everyone I know sold theirs. Like, everyone. Everyone yeah. bought it for Smash Brothers, and then they immediately sold it, mm-hmm. like, a year later, which makes me sad. Yeah, Because you can't play games like this. I picked <laughs> this game up at... <laughs> Uh there's a store in Chicago that's like a retro video game store, but they also sell new stuff. Um and I had I had surprisingly had a large number of credit there. And like I said last week, um there's not like a ton coming out at the end of this year. Um like there's cool stuff on the horizon, but like it's shaking your head, no. That's
0: there's not. so much that just got announced for the end of the year. I feel like I'm gonna buy like fifteen different games in the next week, and it's I it's daunting. It's actually scaring me. Okay, I'm, well, I'm terrified of my Nintendo Switch at the moment. I don't want to look at it. Straight my in the eyes. mind and logic
1: is not attached to reason or what's actually happening. So I'm just going to say, independent <laughs> of the current climate, I'm feeling like taking risks. Yeah. Okay. I'm Summer's so almost over. Yeah. So I'm I'm taking I'm I'm it, it, if price permitting I'm checking out games that like I may have little to no information about or like half way information about. So I picked up Persona Q2 new cinema labyrinth for the 3ds i didn't the know that subtitle. Game. check it out it's in wavy font i'm holding it as we talk about it i want to start doing this more i want to hold the game as we talk about it to kind of like it's a channel it's energy i don't know whatever
0: yeah can you can you describe the the texture uh, to the to the listeners at home no i'm not gonna do that <laughs> that, that sucks yeah um, understandable
1: yeah so it is the. <laughs> i think it is i think it's the last game coming out for the 3ds because it keeps being referred to as the Swan Song. What are you laughing at? We
0: have such a different energy when we record
1: at night. Yeah, we do, because I'm drinking wine and you're like a maniac. <laughs> <laughs> you just got off the train and you want to hear about 3DS game box texture. I know that was the kind of show we're making. I refuse. That
0: so is the kind of show we're making, Steven.
1: It is not. I doubt. Five episodes I, in. I know our listeners and I doubt any of them want to hear about the plastic film on a 3DS case. Not one. I just, god, I just hit my headphone cord with my foot as I defiantly crossed my leg and it just pulled everything we used to record down. Mm. That's the downfall of the show, as Brendan tries to turn this into something weird.
0: (laughs) I'm trying to turn it into ASMR, I think.
1: Yeah, I know you are. I was trying not to say, I mean, hey, like, no shade on ASMR, but that's not what I'm trying to provide the listener with.
0: (laughs) (laughs) currently maybe things
1: will change what's up steven
0: what's up tell me about persona q2 new cinema labyrinth for the 3ds the last 3ds game the last (laughs) the last (laughs) crusade
1: you're you're giving me reverse psychology because i was about to go okay brendan i'll tell you everything i'll tell you everything you need to know about the box that it comes in
0: Hey AJ, make that make that the one part of this podcast that's not in mono. Please make that stereo. <laughs> uh, I can't believe this is happening. I
1: wanted us to cut. You said you even told me before this episode started. You're like, make sure this is a shorter one. And here you are pulling my leg. Yeah, we're
0: 15 minutes in. We haven't talked about a video game yet.
1: <laughs> um. So, uh, I'm gonna try to fucking do this as quickly as possible because uh, i like to give an overview of the series and my history with it yeah uh, before i talk about that. it so persona is a pretty big series i don't think i need to go too in depth of what it is but um i will say just in broad strokes uh originally atlas the developer uh they have a long running series called shimigami tensei or smt as yeah. it's re- referred to commonly the best elevator pitch. I haven't played any SMT games, but the best pitch I've heard of it is it's like Pokemon, but you're fighting alongside Pokemon instead of like ordering them mm. and replace poke re- replace Pokemon. Replace Pokemon with every god and demon and figure and myth of all folklore and religions. Yeah. So for those familiar with Persona it's the personas it's the the things you summon uh that i think it's been the same artist like since the beginning i don't know their name off the top of my head but like it's their interpretation of all these major figures of folklore and myth and it (laughs) they're all really out there it's a really interesting art style some are like some are like really pokemon adjacent like jack frost is kind of like The Pikachu of the series, he's depicted as a kind of a cute, like, roly-poly character. And then some are literally, like, giant penises. (laughs) Like, uh, Mara, who... Mara is, like, the devil in Buddhism. We're, like, the closest kind of parallel, if you want to draw comparisons to, like, uh, Judeo-Christian religion. But Mara is depicted as a giant penis demon in a chariot. Just in case you're curious, I've provided you with that mental image. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't even have to Google it because it's literally just that. <laughs> it's just exactly what I said. Anyway, um, so that's SMT. Usually, too, uh, you can choose between a lawful path or a chaotic path. It's like a recurring element in the series. So I'm just <laughs> again, I, I haven't I haven't played them yet, unfortunately. But there's one. From like the super Famicom, like way back in the day, where you literally fight God at the end and you can team up with Lucifer. Hell yeah, this would cause such controversy if it was more mainstream. I feel like, yeah, it's so it just doesn't even bother pretending it's not doing what it's doing, you know?
0: Yeah, kind of wa- yeah, I, I, I have never thought about it in that way, but you're absolutely right,
1: yeah. Anyway, so that's SMT. Uh, Persona is a spin off of SMT because there was one SMT game called If that took place in a high school uh, and that kind of planted the seed for the idea of like having the game revolve around like a, a younger ensemble kind of going through like a turning point in their lives and having all the kind of uh all the other sort of supernatural stuff occurring as like an under element of it. Right. So they made Persona 1. Not, no one really talks too much about the first game. Uh, I'm sure it's good. I just, you know, you don't really hear too much buzz about it. Two was the first one that kind of really, established persona as its own series and there are two games that are persona 2 there's innocent sin and eternal punishment i hear those are great i have not played them sadly uh, persona 3 was the first game that really is like how we know the series today right uh, that introduced like the s links which were called confidants in five and introduced the calendar system where you had to kind of plan your day and like um kind of like three houses like you have like time spent out of combat that affects how your time in combat is yeah i played i played like half of three i i eventually bounced because i played it like right after i beat four and i was like i can't do any of this anymore (laughs) like this is too much uh it also like that's a series that has had a lot of quality of life improvements over time and i think that like a lot of the issues that we have touched on with some of the writing have also improved over time. So, like, there's just more to kind of get past I found in 3, like, by today's standards. But 3 is a cool game. It's super, like, that set the foundation of having the the daily schedule, the really, like, really awesome, over-the-top soundtrack. That that whole game's soundtrack is, like, kind of lo-fi hip-hop. It's very jazzy. Um, yeah. Very, really very good. good soundtrack. I have not played that it's, game, but
0: I do listen to that soundtrack.
1: Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And uh, and the central color palette of three is is blue. You usually see three, four, and five kind of refer to together. So three is blue, four is yellow, and five is red. Like the three houses. Like three houses, exactly. Uh, the blue lions. Three is also notably darker than four and five. You summon personas by shooting yourself in the head. You don't really, but it looks like that's what you're doing, if that makes yeah. any sense. So I bring all that up because... By today's standards, when we refer to Persona, you're usually talking about 3, 4, and 5. Kind of like the same way with Elder Scrolls. You're usually talking about Morrowind, Oblivion, and Skyrim. Right. Uh, or most people, you're just talking about Skyrim, but you and I are talking about Oblivion. <laughs> uh, so, what the heck is Persona Q? Well, spin-off of a spin-off, technically. Uh, Persona Q 1 came out, I think, for the 3DS early on, like in 2014. It is based off another Atlas game called e and Odyssey, which I also <laughs> haven't played. They have a lot of games I haven't played. Jeez. Uh, which is like a dungeon crawler game where you like make your party and, yeah. and do all that kind of stuff. And *Persona Q1 is basically like a Persona version of that starring the casts of three and four. So the cast of three and four interact and it's all kind of done in a chibi art style. So like the tone is noticeably lighter even than it is in like four which probably has like the lightest tone of any of them right because these games the th- for those unfamiliar this must sound so off-putting and like <laughs> i i to be honest like before i played five was the first game i played and i got that on a whim i got that because i had heard such buzz about the series and i didn't i hadn't experienced it and i took a chance on it and i really loved five i that five got me like back into rpgs it got me back into video games yeah uh, i thought that was a fantastic game. And I liked it so much that I eventually went back and played 4. Really liked 4, too. It was harder to get through because, like, it, it really does feel like 5 is, like, the three houses of of Persona where, like, they just fixed everything. Yeah, there are
0: so many quality of life improvements between 4 and 5. It's, like, unreal. Even, even 4 Golden compared to 5 is, like, night and day.
1: Yeah, but there's still enough about four to enjoy that i would recommend it uh three i would say only check out if you're like a die hard fan in the series yeah um, which tends like, to be the move. that is like
0: pretty much people's playing order is like start with five go back to four golden and then if you really really want more go to three yeah i know a ton of people who have done that um and they all really enjoy that experience
1: yeah, I, I want to go back to three. Um, I I've think, never
0: talked to somebody who went and did that, like played five, four, three, and then finished three, and was like, "Actually, I wish I hadn't done that." Everybody's like, "That right. was fucking great," and most people say three is their favorite. By the time they've done doing, by the time they're done with all three of them,
1: so three, three has uh, we. I'm actually surprised that we haven't had a Persona episode yet because I feel like we referred to a lot of it in passing. Yeah, and it's kind of funny. The first episode about it is Persona Q2 New Cinema <laughs> Labyrinth.
0: Yeah, but well, I kept um, waiting. I kept putting it off because I thought that five was gonna come out for switch and it isn't happening so and that's a thing too that, that I kind of want to
1: bring up which is kind of why I got this yeah. um but I would say from what I've played five is like just start to finish best overall game like it's the most fun to play yeah uh, it, it hits the most like it, it covers the most bases of like what you want from that kind of game four I actually liked the cast the most I thought four had the best characters overall like I really found a lot of their like side stories really endearing yeah three's a plot is the best and I think the fact that it centers around death and the calendar system is kind of like oddly eerie because of that because it's like you only have so much time how are you gonna use it yeah and like that feels very effective. So I, I I think people I've talked to a lot of people whose favorite is three and usually it's because like it just has the most unique vibe yeah totally and the vibe the vibe of the series overall is like if I had to explain it in one word it's it's so many elements that should be clashing and somehow it all comes together yeah, you know absolutely like I remember when I first saw this game I I think I had just gone through some like bad breakup or something and I was at a friend's house and kind of bummed out. And his cousin was playing three on his PSP. And I just caught a glimpse of a dog shooting itself in the head to fight a guy who looked like Jesus. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready for this. I don't know if I'm in the best mindset for this experience. But I was yeah. so intrigued. Like for years, I was like, what the fuck is this game? Uh, and then we when we worked for the website, people lo- that was right when uh four golden came out. Everyone was mm-hmm. like in love with that game. And I was like, okay, but I didn't have a Vita, so I couldn't get yeah. it. That's um, why I bought a so that's
0: Vita. it was because everyone on staff was like 4Golden is the best game on Vita. And I was like, I don't know yeah. what this game is. And I didn't know that the Vita existed because right. I was bad at my job. So I bought <laughs> Vita and 4Golden. I don't
1: know why I, either of us were hired because I only had a 3DS and and neither of us really knew what was happening.
0: Yeah, I was like, I can make videos for you. Uh, let's not get into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. So, uh, so I picked up 5 on a whim and really loved it. Uh, and now we're at Q2, the last game for the 3DS. The most recent game... Uh, of the Persona series, and this game came out in kind of a bundle where like Joker was in Smash. Also, I I wanted to touch on the series origins because like the fact that this series is now kind of becoming mainstream is so baffling. Yeah. But the fact that Joker is in Smash Brothers.
0: Yeah. This is
1: like one of the most like it's not like you play it and it's not like you don't get a polarizing sense from the experience of playing it, but like the origins of the series and, and the themes that are explored, even in Five, are really heavy. Like, yeah. it, it's, it's a tough thing just to kind of throw... I mean, I guess Snake is in it, so, like, you know, they, they've had, like, more mature games in the Yeah, but even
0: even like Metal Gear is pulpy in a way. You know, it's almost like um, a techno future version of Indiana Jones or James Bond in some way, whereas Persona 5 like very literally is about like abusing power dynamics in in every way. Like that is explored in every way a person can abuse a power dynamic. Like every villain in that game is a different way that that could happen. And they're all horrific. (laughs) They're all They're all
1: horrific, yeah. Um, but that's what makes you like the roster, some the the main characters so much more. Anyway, we we can talk about Persona Five another time. Yeah. Um, no, I, so I, I think are... I
0: think I think the point is worth making though that like that's that's where this series, that's the thematic ocean that that the series is like fucking cruising across. Yeah. And Nintendo's like, yeah, yeah, give me that that fits in yeah. with our whole thing right
1: <laughs> there's literally like one of your party mates in three is like a little kid who like wants to kill one of the other party mates for killing his mom and like you f- and like a dude who looks like jesus is the villain yeah <laughs> whatever we don't have to get into it but like nintendo's like yep now they're fighting a duck hunt um <laughs>
0: yes exactly exactly
1: yes. yeah so anyway uh, jokers and smash everyone myself included Super exciting. And that's like, okay, well, what does this mean? Is Persona Five coming to switch? Is Persona Five Royal coming to Switch? Which is the new like Persona for Golden is sort of like the expansion of four uh so five's version of that is Royal. Yeah. Is that coming to Switch? That seems like the obvious answer. Nope. You know what's coming to Switch? Uh Dynasty Warriors Persona Edition. Yeah. Which like might as well have been an onion article. Like, come on, this is ridiculous. Yeah. I, I am in no position to, to complain about anything. But that was
0: disappointing, like it, objectively. Yeah, it is I think absolutely was the most disappointing video game announcement of 2019.
1: Like, we had no idea, like, the idea of Joker being in Smash was so outside of anyone's expectations that to expect Persona 5 on the Switch would be, like, baffling, but they set it up in a way that that's clearly what was going to happen. Yeah. But they also were like, but we're going to release a bunch of Persona games to make up for that. Uh, reg- they released... Um. Uh. Oh my, I forgot to touch on the dancing games. I've never dancing played Dancing All Night, yeah. Dancing All Night, Uh. also for the Vita. Also, I just... Uh, <laughs> I love that they go out of their way to be like, no, these games are canon. Like, there's a whole story <laughs> yes. in the dancing games. My whole thing with the dancing games is I would get them if there was a DDR mat that I could actually dance to the soundtrack to, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, the idea of just pushing buttons to the soundtrack just doesn't appeal to me. Yeah. But... I hear they're actually fun. I, I have not checked them out. I probably won't, but um, I think uh, Persona 3 and Persona 5 got their own dancing spin-offs that are canon, just like 4 did. Uh, and they also released Persona Q2, a new cinema labyrinth. This time, the casts of 3, 4, and 5 are all together uh, in this dungeon crawler. Um, yeah. so, okay,
0: so it's a dungeon crawler. I literally know nothing about this game, so I'm yeah. curious to hear literally anything about it.
1: Yeah, so I'm finally here. I set it up. I It was recommended to me by a good friend of mine who is an equally big fan of the series. Um, it's a lot of fun. Uh, so I, I haven't played Atrian Odyssey, so I can't compare too much to like what the gameplay is rooted in. But I can say that it does definitely feel uh, akin to Persona's combat. Um, it's much more simplified. So basically how it works is you have a party of five characters. Yeah. Um, from all three casts, I haven't unlocked all of them yet. You start off as just the cast of five, Mm. um, so the protagonist is actually still the protagonist of five. What's interesting is that now the protagonists of three and four, who were previously silent protagonists, are like now just characters, which I think is kind of interesting. Wow, also, I showed you this earlier the game, the physical game comes with four pins of the four protagonists, uh. And Persona 3 is notable because it's the only game that lets you play as a uh, as a female protagonist. Right. Which people really love because that version, like she has, uh, this is getting a bit too in the weeds, but like she's able to see everyone's story play out, whereas in the original game you're only able to see like certain characters. Right. Um, and she's apparently as a character like very different from the original protagonist so interesting but yeah so the the setup of the plot is that uh you're exploring Mementos one day with your usual crew they like do like kind of fun introductions of uh of the cast of 5 and your Mementos which is like the kind of main um the main, like, dungeon of five, if you will. Uh, it's it's essentially, like, the unconscious, like, of Tokyo. Like, it's sort of like this other, like, negative realm right, yes. kind of thing. Uh, and you end up getting sucked into this weird part of Mementos that's an actual movie theater. And you go through the movie screen and are in a movie. Uh, the first movie <laughs> is this superhero movie I love how that's matter starring of that, you're like, yeah, one of you've... the main villains. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just, I just... This... Yeah, this series is so hard to explain without sounding like you're um, like have lost your mind. Right. <laughs> you, know, it's like, yeah, so you go through a movie theater and like you know you fight Jesus and you summon uh, you know Mara uh, and then you like hang out with your talking cat. But uh, you go to a movie theater and there is a movie playing. It's a superhero movie that is starring one of the main villains of Persona Five as a superhero. Mm. Uh, so like uh, it's kind of disturbing because everyone in the city thinks he's this hero but he's off obviously an awful person if you've played Persona 5 you know that and even in right. this game like he like saves someone but like he sends a car flying that like kills like a little kid's like parent and, Oh, wow. like you know so like there's already like awful stuff happening in the movie Um, and how it works is you're exploring that movie which is like its own kind of dungeon and as you explore it you with your stylus on the Lower part of the 3DS, you draw the map as you explore it. So oh, you have to nice. kind of keep, yeah. So that I think that's something that's from Etrian Odyssey where you kind of uncover the map and you have to sort of draw the walls and like you can keep track of where treasure and where doors are. And it tells you when you're going to fall into a random encounter. Like it is kind of a three, two, one, and when it's at one, like it's likely it's going to happen anytime soon. That's worth noting because. Uh, there are really powerful enemies that roam the map that you want to avoid. So you don't want to get into a random encounter when you're near one of them because then they'll join the battle and it'll be especially difficult. But basically combat works a lot like Persona where everyone has like their attacks and their unique abilities. All the enemies have a weakness. But in Persona, usually what happens is if you were to exploit an enemy weakness, you get to go again. Right. Um, you get like another turn uh and then if you knock all of them down you could do an all-out attack it's similar and this one what happens is if you exploit a weakness or if you get a critical hit you get what's called a boost and the boost allows you to use all of your abilities for free Mm. so normally abilities cost either hp or sp yeah so if you have a boost going you can use all those attacks for free which is which is important because The whole game is kind of about judging when you should keep exploring versus heading back, uh, which is similar to how Persona works, because, like, you have usually a deadline to finish a dungeon, and, like, you at a certain point have to head back to, like, like, re-heal up and and rest and do other things. Yeah. Uh, So it's similar here. What's kind of fun is that you, uh, when you go back, you're in, like, the lobby of the movie theater, so all the healing items are, like, popcorn and, like, movie snacks. That's so good. Um, and yeah the tone the tone is noticeably lighter. It's still a little bit confusing because like in the main games the tone is light when it's just sort of like day-to-day stuff yeah. and then it gets heavier either with like the serious stuff happening in their lives or in the dungeons. In this game it almost feels like the Lego games due to their respective series where it's kind of like a satire of it. Mm -hmm. But there's one moment where uh, you end up somewhere and characters like, Whoa, how did we get here? Where am I? And then Joker goes like, Hey, that's my line or something, you know, something like that. And like, so it's poking fun in itself, which is kind of, which is kind of uh, fun and, and enjoyable. It's definitely lighter, but I think because there's still heavy stuff happening and because like you're still summoning the personas that have the same art direction uh, like, I even showed you, I showed you the cover, and you're like, oh, this game's rated M. I'm like, yeah, it's weird that this, that this one is rated M. Yeah. Because, like, it looks so much more, like, harder. And it is, but I think it's more confusing tonally because of that, in a weird way. Do you like that? Um,
0: like, does that... Because I, I could see a situation in which being more uneasy because of the clash between the art style and the events of the actual plot could, like, actually enhance the overall experience. Is that the case or does it just feel like it's clashing and like it's not working
1: um i think it's clashing more than it's intending to Mm -hmm. uh but i also think that like i know the series well enough to not have that be a deal breaker you know what i mean like i think that like this would be a very bizarre game to play if you had no experience with the series right (laughs) like i would not recommend that so this is kind of like it's a really fun game to play for someone who is especially Attached to the characters in three, four, and five because you yeah. see them interact and like that's kind of the draw here. And the gameplay is fun. Like the dungeon crawling and drawing the maps is enjoyable. The combat is pretty difficult, so like if you know it's it keeps you on your toes. It's not too like repetitive or anything. Yeah. Somehow this series has the gift of choosing one battle song that never gets old. So the soundtrack in this game is equally great and the battle song rules uh at least i don't know if they commit to that one the whole time i'm I'm only a few hours in um but i've really enjoyed it i don't know if i'm gonna see it all the way through i probably won't to be honest but i'm happy i took a chance on it i think that anyone who's a big fan of the series who's bummed out that they had to wait until march for the next persona game Mm -hmm. i think this is probably the one that will come closest to providing like the experience you look for from those games yeah um it is like just the dungeon crawly elements, but like, it is, I, I mentioned I was in the airport when I played it, and like, this is a great airport game, because like, you can kind of turn your brain off and like, just kind of go through it, and, uh, you know, I, I, I might take the back, because I, I don't know if you can turn your brain off, because it does require like a, a bit of concentration with like the map, and there's a lot of strategy with the combat, but it is it is like a go-to game it is like a comfort of like returning to familiar territory and yeah. like you know the the story is notably it's noticeably simpler than like it would be in one of the other games so yeah it's it's weird because i personally think the best thing about persona is the like the side stories of the characters like their kind of slice of life drama like yeah. that's the strength of the series and you don't have that in this game which is like it's weird that like okay the thing i like the most about the series is like consciously absent yeah but i still like the presentation is still like really great and like the combat is still fun that like it's a it's almost like the opposite of three houses where that's a game that is like the revolution or like the like the huge next step for a series that has always been on game boy and always been scaled back this is like the scaled back version of a of a system again it's always been on a main console that's always been like doing its best yeah but there's something kind of fun about that and i think it's it's a fun game to check out like in between other games, if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it it feels, just in the way you're talking about it, more like a curiosity than anything else, which, like, that's not to say that it's a bad thing. That doesn't mean that it has less value, like, inherently than anything else, because it sounds like a really interesting exploration of, like, a side of Persona that people, I think, don't generally gravitate towards when talking about why that franchise is special. And that's that's a cool thing, right, to, like, highlight a kind of lesser-talked-about feature of a franchise that is that withstanding Um, Yeah, I think that's awesome.
1: I think setting setting it in a movie theater kind of captures the exact tone they're going for with this. Where this is just this is popcorn. You know, this is like that's what's weird is is
0: like the way you're describing it. It almost sounds like it would be a really good like podcast game or like something that you could play while you're doing something else, like you're watching a TV show or something. But outside of that, like it does retain one of the things that I most associate with Persona, which is the the soundtrack and the style. And like I would I would hate to be listening to a podcast or watching something. <laughs> which would then mean that I would have to turn the sound off. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. Exactly. So that 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 stuff is all on full display. So I think I think anyone who's a fan of the series would enjoy this a lot. I think if you still have your 3ds, you might as well check it out. Yeah. Um. Uh. I will say this is not a problem for me. There's no English dub. This is not. They didn't do it. Wow. Um, yeah. Which is interesting because like they have a lot of big voice actors for that cast, mm-hmm. and like they're you know it, it's obviously like. You know, dialogue boxes like you know what they're saying. At least I do. But like in battle, there's no text, so like I have no idea what is being said (laughs) during the battles. But it's kind of fun, and like it's interesting to hear the other voice actors. Yeah. I mean, like usually, uh, if it's anything like Persona Five, they're usually like looking cool, Joker. So it's probably something like that. Yeah. But I just wanted to say that in case that is somehow a deal breaker for anyone, it's not for me. I don't really care at all. Uh, but. It is noticeable that they just didn't even bother doing a dub, which is interesting. Yeah. But yeah, that's Persona Q2. I am having fun with it. I'll maybe talk about it again if I get farther in. I'm like, the thing that's keeping me going is I want to see how they introduce the other cast and like how that feels. Right. Because right now I still, like, I'm actually, I just got the ability to like change who's in my party. So right now it's uh, Morgana, uh, Ryuji, Joker, a character you don't know because you didn't get past the a certain point, just so I won't say and uh who else oh uh on An. um and the and the villain kidnaps makoto and haru so that's what's happening but hopefully i'll be able to play as more characters soon uh that's q2
0: goodbye <laughs> congratulations
1: congratulations
0: cool yeah no honestly yeah. That, that sounds cool i'm glad that uh in between. Three Houses and Astral Chain, you and I both got to explore games that we wanted to check out. That's, that's cool.
1: the thing. It's like, I just finished House 2 of Three Houses, and I'm like, I need something that's not going to make me cry <laughs> you know? Yeah, 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 I need something that's like a little bit lighter. That's kind of why I've been going back to the Breath of the Wild, and totally. like, uh, this is a really kind of fun experience. Uh, yeah. I feel like I want to I wanna say that because I feel like I've sounded a bit more negative, um, but I... I'm enjoying it. I just think it's it's so interesting for me to talk about a game like this because we're always talking about what's the next step, what's like the full fledged version of this game. This is like right. This is the this is like the Funko Pop Persona game. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, it's like it's so specifically trying to not be the next step of something.
1: Yeah, but that's kind of sometimes important too. I don't think it should be the go to move. But I think it's a fun sideshow. You know? Yeah. Like. Again, like this dude's dressed up in a popcorn suit on the back of the game. Like that's kind of the vibe. Yeah. Which is great.
0: Cool. Would recommend Persona Q2 for the Nintendo 3DS.
1: New Cinema Labyrinth, the Swan Song of a Beloved System, sold by many.
0: Sold by many. Uh wanna take a break and come back. Let's take a break and talk about another Funko Pop version of a video game. Oh my god. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. Steven, I've been playing a game for the uh, Apple iPhone X.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The the swan song on Nintendo. (laughs)
0: The swan song of the Apple iPhone ecosystem. The last app ever released. Wow, the last app. I think that's the episode name. (laughs) The the last app. Yeah, I'm going to write that down real quick. So, hey, listeners may recall from our very first ever episode, the E3 2018 Spectacular, uh, that there was a wonderful moment during the Microsoft press conference in which <laughs> finally, after waiting for an hour and a half, mm-hmm. the Gears of War logo showed up on the screen. Look, I'm not a huge Gears of War fan. Steven's not a huge Gears of War fan. I played one and two, loved them, but also I was in high school. Uh, so I, I have never like really had that like strong love that, that kind of remained in my uh, heart forever. It was fleeting, it was a fleeting love that escaped um, like the wind in a jar, but the Gears of War logo <laughs> showed up on the screen and people fucking lost it in that in the Microsoft Theater in LA and suddenly the, the bricks that the Gears of War logo was spray painted on burst open and people were expecting a big number five and what they got instead was a big eyed Marcus Phoenix Funko Pop <laughs> <laughs> who went, ah, get him. And then they announced Gears Pop, a game that was coming. Just yep. there was like a cinematic cutscene no information about what it was, just that it was a thing that was in development and that it was coming eventually. And then they went on to announce like a like a Halo Wars kind of thing, but Gears of War, so it's like an RTS game with Gears. And then they announced Gears 5. So like people got what they wanted eventually. But the thing that Steven and I were stuck on and we couldn't <laughs> stop talking about <laughs> during that E3 episode was the Gears pop game. Um, it's like the the
1: emotional the like roller coaster of of hype in that room was like you could feel it you could feel the disappointment like <laughs> seeping through whatever screen you were watching on it was
0: it was so bad that when they announced gears 5 it was almost like okay sh- there was okay. nothing
1: left like we they already lost yeah. you know what i mean yeah yeah
0: people people like imagine like a monster zinc scream tube that like was leaking that's kind of how it worked was like it all it all leaked out <laughs> when the pop game was announced and then all that was left was just a, uh, you know that was all that was left when they finally announced five
1: you just sounded a lot like your me fighter uh, uh, uh. Uh. anyway so now you have it because you're an agent <laughs> yeah, of so, chaos
0: yeah so I was <laughs> I was on uh, I was on the app store the I other just, day. I,
1: I'm sorry I can't stress this enough that is our only knowledge and association with this game and you bought it <laughs> Look, all we know about this game is that it made a room full of people disappointed. (laughs) And you I was like,
0: I gotta have that.
1: But you know what? We're both taking risks. I was just about to say, this is
0: look. If there was, we always somehow, when we're we come to the table with a bunch of games, and we're like, we're going to talk about these games, and we somehow always find the through line. And this week's through line, it's taking risks. It's you and I. I, Risks. It's you and I looking danger in the face and saying, I'm going to fight you with my bare hands. And, i got uh, q2 i'm loving it you got you q2. Got, I Funko got, pop. I got i got gears pop on my on my <laughs> apple iphone x and i'm ready to go um i downloaded. it first of all it's free so i did not pay money okay, for this okay, game okay, it's okay, a free okay. game um Fair enough. i downloaded it knowing literally nothing um I, I think they talked about it during e3 this year and like explained what it actually was and i my whole brain turned off um so i forget i forgot what happened um <laughs> So I downloaded it with no pretense. I was like like, staring into the sound
1: like here's a.
0: (laughs) You just kind of blank out. (laughs) Funko pop. Um, I I didn't know anything about it. I downloaded the thing because I saw uh, it was like a hey, it's out thing on on the app store so i was like okay sure whatever i'll download it just to see what it is because i just thought hey it'd be a fun thing to talk about at least oh yeah of course at at least at minimum it would be a fun thing to talk about yeah 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 um i've already had a great time with you tonight steven um oh thank you but i downloaded the game and i started playing it and let me tell you it's a lot like um you know supercell they make clash of clans I'm no, sure. I'm sure never... you've never heard of Clash of Clans. The... I've heard of it. I never played it. Okay. Yeah. You don't need to know anything about it. But that company went on to make another game that was called Clash Royale, um, which mm. is this game in which you have pretty much a bunch of cards. Like it's like a deck building kind of game. But your cards kind of get thrown out onto the field and become like dudes that will like run up and like attack little towers. And you have a bunch of towers and you are playing against people. It's like a PvP only game where they have a bunch of towers and whoever can destroy the other people's towers first wins is kind of the idea of the game. And it's about like Mm. counteracting what some people are playing with your own cards and like going back and forth. Um, That is like pretty much exactly what Gears Pop is. Clash Royale, incredibly successful game. Makes a shitload of money. I think like consistently the number one revenue generator in the whole game section of the App Store. Um, wow. it's like a hugely successful game, so it's not super surprising that Microsoft would be like, "Let me get some of that." You know, they're yeah, they're looking at it, they're fucking sweating, uh, you know, just hoping to God <laughs> that they can lick up a penny. Um, but
1: I know, I think, I think the origin behind this game is completely artistic. I think this is, <laughs> I think this is a vision that they had to fight for. Yeah, I make that argument. So,
0: so what I'll what I'll say about this game is like, first of all, it's exactly like Clash Royale, with the exception of they actually added the like. Cover mechanics of Gears of War in an interesting way. So, like you, interesting. you're doing the same thing where you have a, a collection of characters. Um, you're, there's like an energy meter that builds up. Every character that you play costs a certain amount of energy. And and the energy meter is constantly filling over time, so you're just like waiting for you know I need five energy so I can play this guy, or I need you know two energy so I can play this like little swarm of like tiny locust guys. Um, Mm -hmm. So you're just like doing that, and and you're and you're going (laughs) back and forth again, counteracting what your opponent is doing. But there are two kinds of of uh, pops. It's worth mentioning they're all Funko pops. They're Funko pop (laughs) versions of everything.
1: I know it is the way you say "pops" is so good. Yeah, it's I, really good. Yeah,
0: I mean, look, I, I work for Marvel. We talk about pops a lot. <laughs> 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 They're
1: everywhere. Um, I've told you my theory that like everyone ends up with three to five Funko Pops, like no matter yes. if they want them or not. Yes. You know.
0: Yeah that that was me. I bought um I bought a Phara from Overwatch Funko Pop, uh, because it was the only piece of Farah merch that existed in yeah. the world. Uh, like around the launch of Overwatch. It was the only thing that I could buy. So I was like, I guess I'll buy a Funko Pop. And then I was gifted uh, Doc and Marty from Back to the Future because those are the names of my cats, Doc and Marty. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and then now I have a big shrine to Vision from the Avengers on my desk at work because I love Vision and everybody just gives me all of their Vision Funko Pops. Um so I, I now own a whole bunch of them. I only wanted the one, and here I that's am. That's what I mean. Like, even if you don't
1: want them, you end up getting them as gifts, or you're just like, you see them enough that you end up getting, like, eventually they're going to have one that you want. Yeah, you secret to. them
0: into your own home.
1: <laughs> I have two. I have Riker from Star Trek, uh-huh. who's like my muse, great. you know. Beard or no uh, beard? Beard. Okay, good. There's only one. Yeah, yeah, uh, And I have Lion Cat from Saga. Perfect, uh, yeah. Which is a really good one. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, because anyway. I'm a huge Saga fan.
0: So, anyway, worth mentioning, all of these characters that you're playing in this game are all Funko Pop versions of of the Gears of War sure. characters. And can you things. imagine if
1: they weren't? <laughs> Horrifying. Based on, the,
0: based on the adverts and hype yeah. that they've laid down? Um, So, there are two kinds of uh, characters that you can play. Some of them just go straight up the field towards your opponent's, like, castle. So, like, you have, like, a little tiny castle and two turrets that you're trying to take out, pretty much. And you have your own castle and two turrets. Mm-hmm. Um, so one type of one type of character will just go straight up the field and just, like, shoot whatever is in the way. So if, you know, the opponent is playing a bunch of characters and things, like, it'll just shoot whatever. The other things will shoot back. They'll lower each other's health, and one of them dies eventually. Um, but with the with the hope of going all the way up to the tower or the turrets and taking them out. The other kind, which is actually really fascinating, uh, and this is why I'm like really surprised by this game. The other kind are are uh, like bunker soldiers in a way. So along the side of the playing field, like uh, think think of it as um think think of it as like a soccer field, right? Where like you have a goal and your opponent has a goal. Uh, there are six, three on each side, uh, bunkers along the way. And what you want to do is you want to throw a bunker character down and they'll run up and capture a bunker and hold it there until there's like a little wheel that has to um, load and then when the wheel is done loading you have that bunker that bunker is yours and then they hop over the bunker just like in Gears of War like going from cover to cover they go up to the next bunker one further up the field and if you continue to capture those bunkers that actually moves the line where you can place your characters so if you can continue to capture bunkers you can drop characters further up the field towards the uh, towards the castle and turrets that you're trying to take out from your opponent so you have this simultaneous game of like I'm trying to counteract what my opponent is playing but I also want to capture as many bunkers as possible so I can start mm. putting those characters up further so they have uh, you know less time that they need to walk so you're pretty much trying to like overrun your opponent with your own shit um, and what that has turned into is a game that's not bad and I'm really awesome. surprised by it um, I've been playing it I don't want to say a lot, but I've been playing it like on my commutes, at least. Um, yeah. You know, it's a classic free-to-play thing where they, like they reward you for coming back every day. Um. So one of the things every day so far since it has launched has just been like, hey, come back and play three games every day, and just like see how you do in those three games, and like we'll reward you just for playing them, even if you lose all three. Um, right. So I've been going back and playing them, um. And it's it's like a surprisingly interesting, cool game. I already see the wheels flying off the fucking roller coaster. It is straight up roller coaster tycoon, like you know the 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 maximum launch velocity and you don't build the end of the track and the and the the coaster's gonna go flying off in a fiery ball of death uh while your panda just kind of like dances in front of a burger shop um but that said (laughs) it's like that's that's the bad ending of uh, persona q2 um i i can i can see that happening with this game in that uh the The central like free to play mechanic of this game is that you're like getting loot boxes that unlock uh, upgraded versions of all of the characters that you can unlock. So there are like tiers of characters. there's like common, there's rare, there's legendaries, all the you know dumb shit. Um, but you can unlock like upgraded versions of everyone, which then means that like if you have the starting deck of uh, characters that they give you, and you just continue to upgrade them over and over again, like, you're going to win just because you played the game more. You know what I mean? Right Mm -hmm. now, in the first week and a half of this game existing, totally level playing field. Nobody has spent, at least as far as I've played against, nobody's spent, like, $5,000 on this game yet right? and has a Marcus Phoenix who, like, is God, you know? Uh, (laughs) A chain blade in every hand uh, and maybe even a foot. Um, But, like nobody has hit that level yet everybody is at like an even playing field everybody that i've played against has like pretty much had uh, around the same collection of characters which makes the matches pretty interesting and like there are a lot of times where i will actually have draws where like neither of us can take any of the any of the three objectives uh the whole game for the entire like two minutes that a game lasts um just because like we keep counteracting each other's shit, which actually like is a weirdly rewarding thing because it like kind of just goes to show how surprisingly strategic the gears Funko pop game for the Apple (laughs) iPhone ecosystem is. Um, but, uh, that's literally all I wanted to say about it was like, I checked this game out. It's surprisingly not bad. I recommend downloading it literally right now and then deleting it in like a month because i'm sure somebody's gonna pay fourteen thousand dollars uh to to put crash bandicoot in it and crash bandicoot's gonna spin his way through that none of that makes sense but i'm sure something wild is gonna happen that's gonna prevent you was, from ever playing that game again
1: when you were saying like hey come back and play three games why not yeah Go hey come back the, my first thought was like hey Get eight people to sign up. You keep the profits.
0: And they get the profits. <laughs> yes. They get eight people to sign up. It's not a pyramid scheme, okay? Yeah. Imagine if uh, you joined a pyramid scheme and you actually yeah, yeah. got something pretty cool right in the beginning. These knives are good. Yeah. Yes. You bought the one set of Cutco <laughs> knives and then you bailed and now everything's kind of okay. Yeah. You know? You just got, you just got some good knives out of the deal. So you're saying...
1: <laughs> it's... It, the pyramid scheme comparison is even more disturbingly apt being that you tell people to sign up to get this game for a limited time. <laughs> You're like, get rid of this as soon as you can, but get yeah. in while it's hot. Well,
0: it's, um, it's, um, for, I mean, you and I have talked a lot in, on this show about like loot boxes and, and that sure, being like a yeah, kind of like yeah. predatory shitty thing. Absolutely. Um, I think what's even more, worth touching on or like an even more apt comparison in this case is probably like when a really good first person shooter comes out and it's like play the multiplayer in this game right now because in a month everyone's gonna be way better than you will ever be and it'll be It'll stop being fun at that point. Like, you cannot play Titanfall 2 in 2019. Like, that's a game a lot of people recommended uh, when Apex Legends came out. It was like, oh, just go back to Titanfall 2 if you don't like Apex Legends. Like, that's a game everybody should check out. And it's like, you just can't do it. You cannot play that game now unless you are a god. You you literally have to be (laughs) Spider-Man to, like, be able to play that game. And uh, I think the same thing is going to happen with Gears Pop. Or like, check it out right now. It has some surprisingly interesting, fluid mechanics, um, a really nice reward loop at the moment. Um, and I'm just sure that that's gonna tank eventually. And maybe it doesn't. I don't want to be too negative about it because, like, maybe it's gonna be fine. But I just I see the future for this game. Uh, and it reminds me a lot of Clash Royale, another game that I only played for a month. Yeah.
1: I'm glad though that we live in the timeline where you checked out Gears Pop and enjoyed it. Yes. Uh, it's me too. a nice kind of ribbon on the uh on, on the doubt we had in our first episode where I didn't have a mic
0: yeah. or insight. Yeah. Steven screamed at me through a can and string all the way from Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> I think Spider Man will be okay. <laughs> um yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't have talked about it. I wouldn't have brought the game to the table if I didn't like it. Um, yeah, for sure. The only That's the case, I think, that with any time. Yeah. Huh? The only time we've ever done that is Kingdom Hearts 3.
1: Yeah, I was just talking about that the other day, where it was like, we hyped it up. like, three episodes, like, here it comes, and we're like, oof, uh, okay, okay. <laughs> You could walk around, uh, yeah. and uh, Hercules is there. Goodbye.
0: Right. Our, our teacher told us to say one thing nice about every student in the class. You know? <laughs> <Like> that was, <laughs> that, that, was yeah. that episode. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, Gears anyway. Pop. It's a video game you can download.
1: <laughs> there you go. See ya. <laughs> what, 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 what more can you ask for? Goodbye. Yeah, let's take a break, and then we'll talk about some more stuff. Yes. All right. All right. Brendan. Steven. We're back, and you want to talk about a game that I have not played, but I watched you play it on Twitch.biz. That's right. (laughs) The newest platform.
0: You streamed Remnant the other night. Yes. Remnant from the Ashes, Uh, a game with two titles. I feel like each of those titles would be good by itself. From
1: the Ashes is actually the better title, I would argue. That sounds like a great... I think so, too. Yeah. That's such a good alliteration to it, you know, from the
0: Ashes. Together, maybe not a great title. Separately... Great titles. Yes. And that's it. That's my review of Remnant from the Ashes. It's a game with two titles that are better
1: off on their own.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, Remnant from the Ashes. It, it's a game I literally didn't know anything about. I expected to come to um, this recording session talking about completely different games this week. Uh, but Gears Pop came out. Uh, and also, <laughs> I read an article on Kotaku.com um that pretty much, I think the title was just Remnant from the Ashes is one of my favorite games of 2019 so far. Um, and that was like literally the title. I was like, okay, cool. I've never heard of this game. Uh, but I really like the writer. So I was like, let me check this out. And just read this little piece that was just talking about what this game is. Pretty much introduced it as like, the most reductive way you could talk about this game is what if Dark Souls had guns in it? Um, sure. Which like, is kind of the vibe of the game a little bit. Um, but was like, That's the reductive way to talk about this game. There is a lot of interesting stuff that uh, this game is trying to do. And that was kind of enough for me. I read like two paragraphs of that article. I was like, I'm going to check this game out. And I immediately uh, downloaded it and went home and played it. Um, And man, I love it. I love this game. It's wild that I hadn't even heard about it. So it's by Gunpoint Games. They made uh, the Darksiders games, which a lot of people refer to as like uh, Gothic Legend of Zelda, where you play as the horse yeah, movie that's apocalypse.
1: Yeah, it's a fair comparison.
0: Yeah. So it's by them. Uh, completely different style of game here. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll say this much about the game just right off the bat, uh, just in terms of like the quality of it, is like the first hour of this game is not very good. Um, there's there some like there are some things that this game does extremely well, and there are a few things that this game does extremely poorly, and they lean into those things for the first hour. <laughs> um, it's like you you start the game, uh, you create a character. You are on a boat out in the middle of a storm, uh, and you wash up on a beach that is like you have a sword, you have like a rusty sword, uh, and you wash up on this beach uh, that's like kind of in a in a factory setting. You're you're kind of like at a factory esque wharf, um, and you just start getting attacked by like kind of faceless uh, like tree monsters with like red amber inside of them. Uh, And and the game just, like, tries to teach you how to fight. So you're just, like, melee attacking uh, these trees and, like, trying to dodge out of the way. And in that way, it feels like just, you know, Dark Souls but not as responsive and good. And then eventually you make your way up a little bit further and there's a guy banging on the door of, like, some big bunker-esque situation. uh, And he's completely surrounded by these tree things. And then you're like, I'm going to go help that guy. Uh, and in the in the ensuing battle, he dies. Uh, but you get led into this big bunker. Um, they they pull you inside, and uh, that's when. You are face to face with a lot of people. You're talking to a lot of people, and the facial animations in this game are like not great. I think it's a thing that they could end up like going in and fixing, because just from looking around online is like a pretty common complaint. So like it's possible this might go away. But yeah, you're face to face with a lot of people whose like lips do not match their voices at all. Uh, they just kind of look like claymation, but like it's all melting the whole time. Um, it's like <laughs> if somebody like tried to do claymation, but like in a really hot room that wasn't like temper. Controlled, it's really weird, and they just start like lobbing exposition at you, just like oh, so no. much. Like you have, you have to go out and save. The trees
1: have been here for years. Yeah, they hate beaches.
0: They're like the roots. <laughs> yeah, the, the roots hate beaches. Um, <laughs> not the band, but that'd be great too. Anyway. So they're just, like, lobbing all this exposition at you, uh, and then they tell you to, like, go out, and you have to go start doing a thing. They're like, hey, you know, go, I, th- I think you have to go down, oh, yeah, you have to go down into the bunker, you have to start, um, you have to start in a nuclear reactor to restore power to this bunker that you're in, and you do that, and then they're like, okay, we trust you now. Here are some guns, go out into the world and just, like, start exploring. See if you can, you know, find out where the, the villains are called the Root, the, like, enemies are called the Root. Uh, see if you can find where the Root came from, and, uh, you know, come back if you, if you find anything. And that's when the game gets good. But that's like a half an hour to 45 minutes in. And already yeah. at that point, I was like, eh, I took a risk on this game. I don't think it's paying off too well. Uh, but you know, I'm going to keep playing it. I like really wanted to keep trying it. So I kept playing it. And this game like, very much feels in the beginning like that reductive description. It is Dark Souls in vibe uh, in terms of like you are going literally from like, not, not literally, but you're going from uh, bonfire to bonfire, checkpoint to checkpoint, Um, just trying to like progress through until you find a boss and the boss is literally like you have to go through a fog wall. Yeah. Uh, That's
1: where I almost kind of rolled my eyes. I'm like, you really could have done anything else. Yeah. It has to be the fog and like, yeah, the, the bonfire is like the crystal bonfire. It's like, okay,
0: yeah, they, they pulled so much straight from dark souls. Um, yeah so it is that but then you have you know you got guns uh, you start with like well you can choose a class and the classes come with different kinds of guns I, ch- I chose one that was just like you start with a pistol and like kind of a mid-range uh, rifle uh, and then you have like a hacksaw that you can use as like a, a melee attack um, if you want to conserve ammo <laughs> um, sorry I
1: was think I was remembering I was reminiscing in my head about the oblivion classes and I'm like just like oh I'm a bard I have a pistol and a hacksaw
0: uh, you know <laughs> um, so so this game Asked you to go and and start like making your way around the world and just like find stuff in the same way you would in a Dark Souls where like you're just exploring the world. It's gonna loop back in on itself eventually. You're just gonna like keep making your way out. And in doing that is when I started to find a game that I really liked um, because it's, it's not just Dark Souls with guns. It feels like it's blending a lot of the best pieces of a lot of games together. Um, so you have in the beginning that very like Dark Souls kind of uh, exploratory uh, like aimless wandering but like happening upon things that are like confusing but intriguing uh, kind of way like like the story Mm -hmm. is unfolding in front of you just like via the world and via uh, the stuff you're finding out in the world. Um, it has the like gunplay of a Gears of War, where it's like an over the, which is funny that we're talking about Gears of War. Um, <laughs> the
1: most we ever have, I think. Yeah, it it ha- yeah, yeah
0: it uh, has the the gunplay of Gears of War pop for Apple iPhone ecosystem. <laughs> um, no, it, it has it has over the shoulder like third person uh, gunplay of Gears of War mm-hmm. that like. Really asks you to like hide behind cover to avoid getting killed all the time. Um, it's mm-hmm. it's very much about your own placement versus an enemy, uh, and and how you know you need to space yourself to to survive, uh, which is great because they throw enemies at you. They throw tons of them at you, and you really need to be cognizant of where you're standing at any given time, how long it's gonna take you to reload, dodging out of the way. Uh, hiding behind cover—it's really interesting. And then the first area that you're in reminds me a lot of Fallout. Fallout, like almost like the halfway point between three and four, where it's not as like disgusting and like green and like horrific as uh fallout 3 but it's also not as like vibrant as fallout 4 it has a little bit of like a fantasy kind of vibe because of this like fantasy villain that has taken over the place um and in that way it, it also feels a little bit like last of us where it's like you're in a city that is overgrown by plant life um, yeah
1: and the 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 like horde is something kind of biological in that way yes exactly interesting yeah
0: um which is really cool so like all of that stuff blends together in a really seamless and interesting way. And and it's been really fascinating the more I've played of it to like start to learn that. So just to like kind of talk about my journey playing this game, because um, I didn't know this in the beginning uh, and then I, I played for a couple hours then I went back and finished reading that Kotaku article I was like holy shit I didn't know that this was part of it but I played it for about uh, two to three hours I, I went through the first like kind of uh, overgrown city area and found the first dungeon I was I was looking for a subway because somebody that I was looking for uh, was in the subway I won't get into like story reasons but I, 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 w- I went into this um, down this manhole to go like through uh, some sewers to try and find the subway at the end of the sewers uh, and I I started making my way through, and it was really, really difficult. Like, the, the difficulty of this game ramped up from, like, oh, I'm learning how to play the game to, like, am I in hour 50 of this? Like, it they <laughs> threw just, like, it what felt like at any given moment, like, 50 enemies were running at me at any given time. I didn't have enough ammo to kill all of them. Uh, I, I got overrun very quickly and then needed to start, like, hacksawing them because I couldn't reload my gun fast enough and then I'd die. And that happened pr- for, like, an hour. Like, I did that for, like, a straight hour, just, like, making my way as far as I could down these sewers and then dying. So then I was like, okay... I I need to like take a break. I need to do something else. I like watched a YouTube video and ate lunch, uh, and and I read this article. And this article mentioned that there is another element of this game that I didn't know about. There are actually two elements I didn't know about. Number one was that it is procedurally generated, which is oh, wow. which is wild. So this game is, whenever you start the campaign, generating a world for you. Uh, It's all the same areas, technically. So like you're always going to start in the overgrown city. You're always going to go into a sewer. You're going to come out of the sewer into another overgrown city. And then you're going to go into the subway. But that city, that first city area, that sewer, that subway, that second city area all of those are procedurally generated the the layout and the buildings and and the structure of those areas are always going to be different the enemy layouts are always going to be different between every person that plays that game so there's no like real way to like tell a friend how to do something or how to find something in the same way that like dark souls has this really interesting community aspect where like people are online helping each other find like okay if you go over here there's a, a hidden wall that you can bust open and there's like a cool chess piece behind there or something like that, you literally cannot do that in this game because it is procedurally generating itself at all times, which is really fascinating. What that also meant, and what I didn't realize, was that at any point you can go to your like home your like home crystal uh in, in this bunker and you can restart the whole game from the beginning and it will procedurally generate an entire new game for you from the oh, beginning. Wow. But you get to take all of the progress that you put into your character. So you have all of your items, you have all of your stats, you have all of your abilities, uh, everything comes with you. So I had played the game for about two hours and I was just like pretty much grinding at that point because I kept losing over and over again. So I was just like getting a bunch of experience and just investing it and making all my shit better so I could maybe hopefully make it through the sewer. And then I learned about this. I was like, oh shit, that's awesome. So I reloaded the game, I flew through that first area, found the sewer and flew through the sewer. And then I was like, oh man, I'm like trucking through this game now. Like I, 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 put my fucking hat on, and I'm sixteen wheeling my way through uh, the American West. You know, making my way downtown, trucking fast. Um, <laughs> and I, uh, I. I <laughs> I gotta say, the more of this game that I played, the more I liked. I started finding bosses, and I started fighting bosses, and the bosses were like all really fascinating, uh, and and had these like really interesting, disparate mechanics to them, uh, really like interrogating how you're playing the game, and like uh, like a Sekiro or like a Bloodborne, like forcing you to learn how to play the game better, forcing you to take cover forcing you to be cognizant of, uh, you know, extra enemies on top of just a boss. So you have to have situational awareness at all times. It's not just you pumping bullets into one thing. It's you pumping bullets into a thing while listening for audio cues of other enemies around you. And that was really rewarding and really interesting. And then that brings me to the second thing that I learned about this game that I didn't know about, which is that it's not built to be played solo. You're not supposed to be, I mean, it's not that you're not supposed to be, but it's not built in such a way where, like, they are encouraging you to play solo. Yeah. This game is made to be played online in groups of three. Um, and that, I think, is where you have the biggest point of differentiation between uh, a Souls game and and what Remnant is trying to do. Sure. Because in Souls, you, you, you bring another person into the game. Like, those games have multiplayer. You bring another person in, and that pretty much just, like, is your is your get out of jail free card like that's your way of of just like uh you know speed running any boss in that entire game that's
1: kind of uh, in, in discussions about like having difficulty modes for those games that's kind of how to bypass that in a way absolutely like if you if you're stuck on a boss and you're just like i don't know i'm never going to beat this you can do that and like it's night and day you'll 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 win yeah pretty much <laughs> it's going to be easier yeah because
0: most of the people who are sitting there looking to join a game have already played that boss and are like literally there to help people sure where remnant differs is that playing the game with other people first means that the difficulty of the game is increasing like it would in like a borderlands or something. Um, And, and that, that does not always mean like the enemies have more health in the way that it does in borderlands. That sometimes means that there are more enemies um, or, or that like, the things you're fighting will have different moves uh, to be able to to counteract the fact that they might be getting shot from three angles at once. Um, so the game actually be cu- like will react to the fact that there are more people. But what that also means is that you have a greater ability to kind of engage with the game uh, than you would if you were playing solo. So, like, for example, I, I streamed this game a whole bunch the other day uh, just because, like, I was so enthralled by it and I wanted to show other people how cool it was because uh, I hadn't heard about it until I read that article, uh, which I'll link in the show notes, by the way. I, I keep referencing it. it. It'll be in the show notes. I, I streamed it. There was this one boss battle that I, I did uh, where I was fighting pretty much a giant tree. He was called the Ent. Oh, yeah, that was...
1: Not only was it a giant tree, it was it was just Cthulhu but wooden. Yeah, pretty much. It was like much. Cthulhu with branches and stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah and, and the whole deal with this with this boss fight is that it's a giant tree. It's a giant Cthulhu tree uh, that is also dropping enemies that run at you and explode if they hit you and will every once in a while uh, also like get down on the ground in all fours and start bombarding you with like explosive plants uh, so you have to like roll out of the way, you have to like dodge, roll out of the way, while also escaping the ones that are running at you. So like you're kind of getting attacked from multiple angles. You play that boss with more than one person, and suddenly the the game is completely different. Where you know the the enemies that are falling down and sprinting at people are starting to sprint at maybe not you, and you can help take them out. You know if they're if they're chasing down someone who is pumping a bunch of bullets into the giant fucking Cthulhu tree. Uh, you can help them out and, you know, keep the adds off them. Simultaneously, when the thing gets down on all fours and it it starts shooting out explosive plants, uh, it shoots three of them out, and they will land exactly where all three players are standing. So you need to be cognizant of where the other players are so you're not uh, rolling into each other's explosive plants by accident. Uh, So you kind of need to be spaced out. What that also means is that the tree is, like, lumbering its way... Ah, lumbering. It's lumbering its way towards... Uh, one character or, or another character or, or whatever um, so it might not be chasing you which gives you the ability you know to just like kind of pump bullets into it what we found out very quickly in in playing this boss battle over and over and over again was that if you shoot its legs enough uh, you basically blow its legs off and then it's crawling on the ground uh, which was really great when I had multiple people but when I tried doing that by myself I found that it pretty much just meant that it was uh, crawling faster than it could walk and it would just chase me down and like beat the shit out of me. Um, so the game is like reactively changing, even even it's like hints and secrets. Uh, so like the ability to blow its legs off is great if you have multiple people and it can chase after other people and not you. But if it's just you, like do not shoot its legs off because then it's yeah. gonna chase you down the whole time and you actually kind of screwed yourself over. So the game is 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 built in such a way where like depending on how many people you have, it may be better or worse for you. Yeah. And you can pretty easily switch back and forth between those. And I, I just think that's a, like a really special and interesting thing because they have really come at this from every angle. They're like, okay, we're going to make a Dark Souls game that has uh, guns in it. It's going to have like over the shoulder, third person shooting, and you're going to be able to play multiplayer. What are all of the interesting things we can do if we want to tackle those three things? Yeah. And they fucking nailed it. Like they really nailed it. Um, all yeah. of those elements are great. And I've had a really great time with it. And that's not even to say that once you beat all the trees and shit and you're done with the city, you end up in like a weird future hell labyrinth uh, like it's like fantasy sci-fi adjacent with a big like uh he's like called the labyrinth keeper who like just speaks and riddles at you and then shoots you into like a mad max wild west and suddenly it feels like you're playing a completely different game and that's where i'm at now um and if that's how this game is going then that means it's probably probably going to be even more wild environments that i can't even I mean, imagine no yet.
1: surprises that's when i was getting into it yeah the of course. minute the setting changed to that speaking in riddles and it was like because you're right it, it, it has a very last of us vibe it definitely feels like an amalgamation of like that and fallout and and all the elements you brought up earlier. Um yeah. in terms of cuz I was just watching you play uh so I wasn't I wasn't experiencing the act of playing it but just aesthetically it was that and then that setting it was like geometric shapes being going upwards to a hollow sun mm-hmm. and like uh like a ruins of a probably more modern city that were now like kind of bronze age yeah. adjacent like, yeah. like enemies had spears and stuff. Yeah. Um, that was nuts. Uh, that's when I feel like it finally had kind of a life of its own. Because like I get that they're doing really unique stuff with all the sum of its parts. But like up until that, like maybe I'm maybe being nitpicky with the fog. But I, that was just enough for me to be like, oh, come on. Like you're not even hiding it. Like, yeah. I, I think that there. I mean, we've talked about a lot of games that like have such like. I mean, Hollow Knight has a striking Dark Souls influence, but it very much has a vibe of its own yeah. for sure. And and aesthetically, I think it dif- differentiates itself. I think this game, like, I think I think you're right that it doesn't put its best foot forward. And like even just watching it, the first the first thought I had was like, this just feels like you know like let's put every popular thing together and try to make a game out of it. Right. But they but it works. And it and like your your enthusiasm for it is infectious. And uh I'm I it's free, right? Or is it twenty bucks?
0: No, it's uh forty. It's forty bucks.
1: Oh okay. Forget all that. I don't know why I thought free or twenty. Um but uh regardless of price, I think it's interesting that your point earlier of them focusing on, okay, we're going to make a souls like game with this type of kind of third person shooter gameplay with a multiplayer focus. It sounds like they kept those things so closely in mind that everything else was built around that. Yeah. I and mean, that's why it sounds so successful in in uh in its mission. And I, and I'm happy because it sounds like even outside of gameplay it, it does eventually find sort of a aesthetic and theme of its own. That's not just like you know yeah, a bunch I, of a bunch of kind of derivative elements
0: yeah i've been steering clear of plot in in talking about it um but i will say that like if you're the kind of person who has played a souls game and you're like oh the the opaque way that that narrative is uh, delivered in those games is like a little much remnant really does have like a pretty linear story that it's telling you um and and it's told pretty cleanly like it is literally just characters telling you the story um, and honestly I'm into that like there yeah. are very clear missions that you need to go on in a way that like Dark Souls has really never had uh, with the exception of go ring this bell then go ring this bell Th- this is like okay go find this church Like okay I'll just keep running until I find a church eventually and then you do and then you know you fight a boss there and then it's like oh, the boss tells you okay now go do this thing and you just go do that thing so I'm, I'm really into that and there's a lot of like uh, there are a lot of like classic uh, you know you find a paper on the ground in a building you read it and it tells you a little bit more about the like lore and the background of the world and stuff um, so that that's all really interesting but I, I do think that you're absolutely right that and and it just kind of reinforces what I was saying earlier that first area that is like last of us inspired is just another way in which that game is not putting its best foot forward in the beginning um, because where I'm at now in that game is fascinating and wild and like a really yeah. cool aesthetic, um, and I, I I think there's actually something to be said about that. Like there's something almost great about it in the in the way that it starts off so kind of like so nonchalantly. Uh, it it's yeah. just it just starts off as like kind of an amalgam of a bunch of things that you've seen before, and then like kind of spirals out of control very quickly. Like mm-hmm. I went from just running around this like kind of post apocalyptic future with uh, with you know plant enemies in in the most last of us sense possible to uh looking for a giant tower that was hidden by the uh, refracted light that suddenly appeared with a giant like synth bong noise almost like a like a horrific <laughs> apple II computer had turned on uh years later hooked up to like Wrigley field sound system uh and it shattered the windows of all the buildings around me and then that's where i met the the labyrinth keeper uh you know and now this game has gone completely fucking wild um and i have literally no idea what's around every corner now
1: um yeah i wonder if that setting would feel as special if it didn't start so and it's like it's weird what has become you know like kind of pedestrian in video game the fact that like any sci-fi setting is like all, like, y'all, like you like know, we're like bored to extravagance at this point, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, I do think that like the bunker where the last surviving members of humanity is like you got to do a lot to make that interesting yeah uh at, at this point in time so i wonder like i wonder if this game started cuz that was my first thought was, why don't you just start in like start the game in in the inkle and then we'll move on mm-hmm. you know uh yeah. classic mobius comic from the 70s <laughs> it's not great but it looks great you know like the weird 70s crystal sci-fi stuff yeah totally right? but uh yeah, like, if it started there, would it feel special? I wonder if that was a conscious thing. I don't know. It doesn't sound like it was based on, like, the other issues, like the the uh, facial animations and whatnot. But, yeah, I, I will probably check this game out, too. You've you've sold me on it in a way I wasn't expecting.
0: If anything, it's, like, a really fun multiplayer game. Like, I've been playing yeah. a lot with randos. I can't even imagine how much fun this game would be if I was playing with friends. Oh,
1: my God. I mean, like, playing it with you would be great. Uh, yeah, that would it's, be amazing.
0: It's so fun. It's like such a fun game. Yeah, and and this new organic sense of discovery in that I literally don't know what's happening or what could happen is is really great. And I'm just excited to see it go more and more off the rails. Yeah, it's cool.
1: I think uh, what I want to explore maybe this is a conversation for another time, but it's sort of that because uh, my pushback was sort of the sense of like feeling derivative, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and like so much of all media borrows from past entries and i feel like in games especially like there's almost less shame with with like not hiding the influence because there's so many elements about a game that are mechanical so it's like okay like this is just mario but you're a wolf you know or whatever like you know uh cool game steven uh i mean that's uh, okami
0: that's yours. It's Zelda, well, but your yeah, you know? yeah.
1: That's true. But that that's a great example. It's like okay, well, like these are the elevator pitches, right? Because like, oh, it's this, but with this. I mean, even uh, Fallout Three when it came out was pitched as Oblivion with guns. Yeah, right. Uh, back in the day, before Fallout was like unequal state because before that Fallout was a like kind of a more of a cult following. Yeah. But I digress. I think it's like, what about what is it about a game? That can have so many like clear influences. Like, what does it need to do to differentiate itself? And I think it's, I think it really boils down to like, well, what is, why do you play this game versus another one? You know, and I feel like you're going to play, I almost called it From the Ashes subconsciously because that's such a better name than Remnant from the Ashes. Yeah. You're going to play Remnant for very different reasons than you're going to play a Dark Souls game.
0: right? Totally. I feel like
1: Dark Souls, you play when you have strep throat and you can't leave the house and you want like, you have a weird masochistic drive to like experience a story in a very uh, indirect way. Mm-hmm. Or I think to put it in more palatable terms, uh, a lot of the Dark Souls games kind of occupy a very similar space as like the Metroidvania subgenre. Yeah, you know, like right. that idea of like you are slowly learning and unfolding a wrinkled coiled knot of a world. Yeah. And you're going to feel this massive sense of accomplishment once it's done. It sounds like Remnant from the Ashes is is really zooming in on just the element of discovery. Uh, And the element of like adaptability almost. It's like, okay, we're going to zero in on you as a player reacting to the world as the world reacts to you. Mm -hmm. It's not about sort of like an indirect story as much as, or or learning the world, but it's about kind of reacting to the world in a sense. So it's not that sense of... uh, I'm sure you still had that sense of like, oh, I did it, I beat the boss, but there's not that like I learned about this world. Yeah. So I, I think I think that's what I'm getting from what
0: you've been saying. It's possible that the more you play it, you will start to learn about the world. Because what I've oh, learned sure. what I've learned since is that not only are they procedurally generating the world around you, but there are also different bosses that you can fight. Like the tree boss, not everyone is gonna fight that one. Maybe. Yeah. Or uh, alternatively, like I was actually I joined a random person's world uh, the other night just to like try it out. I was just like, let me just see like where it drops me. Does it drop me like around where I'm at in the game? Does it drop me like earlier in the game? Later in the game? I was just like curious. And I joined and it was it was the like Last of Us E area, um, and we were running around and I f- we found a completely different story beat than anything that I had seen. It was like a treehouse where somebody was playing like old like. Uh, 50s, like almost Bioshock esque, uh, like big band music or, or like crooning music, uh, you know, up up in this treehouse, and they were just like a person who was like surviving up in this treehouse. It was like a fascinating, completely separate thing that I did not see anything remotely close to in my playthrough. Um, so it's possible that like reloading the world over and over again, you might get completely different games uh, on yeah. top of it which is, like, a really cool idea. Um, the, the comparison that always gets made are the chalice dungeons in Bloodborne, which is a thing yeah, that, like, yeah. some people engage with a lot and some people completely ignored. Um, but th- just to fill you in, dear listener, uh, it was a thing in Bloodborne where they would allow you to randomly generate a dungeon that you could run through, and they made, like, an entire pool of bosses and gear and loot and different things that you could get just by doing those chalice dungeons. Um and uh, and and this is like what if we took that and made a whole game out of it? Um, yeah and, and I think they've done it which to, you even
1: brought effect. up a couple of times in past episodes of like what if you focus just on that? Yeah, you know yes, that's really fascinating. I'm really uh, I even in this recording my interest in the game has gone up yeah you have that effect brendan use <laughs> it for good
0: it's a it's a cool it's a really cool game um and yeah, yeah. honestly like it immediately went on my list of goatee contenders wow. and i'm interested to see like where it nets out by the end of the year i wouldn't be surprised if it made the top 10 by the time we're done with the year but also there's a lot of stuff coming out
1: there's a lot of stuff unlike what i said earlier I was like, there's nothing coming out so i got q2
0: I keep learning about great games that I had no clue existed. Outer Worlds is one, which I haven't even been... Uh, sorry, Outer Wilds is one, which I still haven't been able to talk about because I haven't played enough of it, but I'm definitely right. going to talk about it on the show. Um, Remnant from the Ashes is one. Uh, Control just came out today. Do you know about Control? No, what's that? That's the new game by Remedy, who made Alan Wake. Oh, wow. Uh, it's a game where you play as a as a woman with telekinetic powers taking like a, a sci-fi version of the FBI over. Um, it's like... It, like an X Files uh, action RPG. Uh, That's amazing. S- set in set in the FBI. It's getting great reviews. Astral Chain comes out this week. Also getting great reviews. Um, yeah, excited for that. There's so much happening, uh, and it's really exciting. Yeah.
1: well, What was I talking about? I don't know anything well the, what do i know this
0: is the time of year when shit just like materializes in front of that's us the thing. You know what i mean i
1: was thinking about last year and like there were so many games that came out like the last week of 2018 where we're like uh number five this game that came out two seconds ago yeah yeah uh, absolutely yeah that's so cool control sounds great i will check that out
0: yeah i think i want to also but like how where am i gonna find the time too much yeah it's a lot anyway Remnant from the Ashes is a cool video game. I recommend checking it out uh, if, if you're into it. It's available for PC, PS4, and Xbox One, and it's forty bucks. Forty bucks, not yeah. bad. A double A, a game, deal. a double A battery of a video game.
1: The cost of you know your average 3DS game. Um, <laughs> like Persona Q2. Like Persona Q2, a new cinema labyrinth. New
0: cinema labyrinth, yeah.
1: That's a good subtitle. That's how you do
0: it, you know. Persona Q2 from the Ashes, Remnant, new cinema <laughs> labyrinth.
1: Why does that work better? I don't know.
0: <laughs> I needed anyway. to say it out loud just to test the waters and let me tell you, the waters nice.
1: Um we have a few things to announce and to talk about before we wrap up, oh yeah, we dear listener are starting our newsletter. We're both really excited about this. It's it's going to kind of be a work in progress. Um, I think we both have a lot of ideas for kind of what it will be, and 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 we're also open to it kind of changing shape over time. Mm-hmm. What we're going to do for September's newsletter is that is going to be published for everyone. Uh, so everyone is going to see that. It's going to, to include writing from myself and from brendan some artwork as well we really hope you like it i'm really excited for it and then after that uh we're basically going to publish like a quarterly release publicly so what that means is that because right now on our patreon uh which you can find uh patreon.com slash into the cast again uh thank you all who who are patrons um we were not even thinking of making one until people asked us to so again thank you yeah but Right now, uh, the reward tiers, uh, the highest that we have listed is $5 a month. If you pay that, you get all of the previous tiers plus the newsletter. So all that being said, September's newsletter is going to be open for everyone. After that, only patrons are going to get the newsletter. But every four months, we're going to have kind of an a amalgamation of like bits and pieces from previous newsletters that will be available for everyone. Yeah. Um, we're thinking about featuring writing and art from other people as well so like we're we're really excited to see like w- how it's gonna grow and and I'm kind of letting that I'm being consciously loose with the with defining it because I want it to kind of take shape over time but yeah. this first one's just gonna be me and Brendan but we're equally excited to kind of launch it so that's the deal with the newsletter if you want to add anything to that Brendan
0: yeah no I, th- I think you I think you covered it uh it, it's just like a thing that you and I had talked about doing uh and the Patreon kind of provided a really great reason to start doing it and I'm excited about it I think it's going to be really fun. Uh Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's called From the Ether. Yeah. Uh and Brendan made the lovely logo. Um so that's that uh other thing kind of indirectly Patreon related is the bonus episode. We're yes. going to do our first bonus episode next month. Uh we currently don't have a concrete release for it. Um but it will be coming out in September. The bonus episode's going to be all about Fire Emblem Three Houses, no surprises there. Yeah. Uh, but basically, it's going to be a spoiler episode about. At this point, you and I collectively have played all three houses. Yes. Um, we have not done all four of the routes, but we've done the three houses, and I believe two of the routes are kind of similar-ish. So, like, we've got the bulk of the of the game covered. Yeah. And we're basically just in, independent of that. We're gonna talk about like all of those stories and how we liked them and kind of just take a deep dive into that. So that'll be its own episode. Yeah. And that will be available for everyone as well. And that's a a permanent thing. All the bonus episodes are going to be available for everybody, regardless of if you're a patient or not.
0: So that one's coming in September. It's really just dependent on, like, when Steven and I can find the time to record it and, and get it edited and get it out. Um, it's possible that it could be September 1st. It might be a week later. Um, I think we already have plans to record it, uh, in the coming week. So, um, yeah, you know, it's not going to be like at the end of September. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's exciting. I'm excited to get that out there.
1: And the newsletter is September 1st. I don't know if I said that already. Oh yeah. That will be out. That will be out September 1st. The newsletter and expect the newsletter always be the first of the month, uh, for you, dear patron. And, first of every four months for everyone else yeah
0: um cool. what else yeah thanks to everybody who, who backed the patreon so far do you have the list in front of you of uh, i do back? i do
1: so thank you to our patrons this is your shout out for backing the show thank you spencer thank you scout thank you philip thank you min thank you melly muffin pie thank you Marcel. thank you kyle kim cameron jeff inez hilton christopher brett bolt Benjamin Andrew Akira, the fact that I have to make like a Sesame Street alliteration uh, song out of the list of patrons is insane. So thank you all for being so generous and back in the show. Yeah, it means a lot. It lets us do more stuff.
0: Yeah, uh, which is cool. Uh, Yeah, thank thank you so 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 much. Uh, It's amazing. Also, we we have a bunch of accounts elsewhere. Uh, we have a Twitter account. Uh, it's at Into the Cast. We have a Twitch account at Into the Cast. Uh, we have a YouTube account. The link is in the show notes. All these links are in the show notes, uh, so you can find them down there. Um, worth noting, uh, now the the six part series of Stephen and I playing <laughs> The Elder <laughs> Scrolls for Oblivion uh, yeah. is available on YouTube, and you can go watch the whole thing there. It's uh, there <coughs> in a playlist. Um, it's really goofy. Me, meet our good friend Lester, uh, the Punching Lizard. And, um, what else is there remnant from the ashes there's a there's a playthrough of that there there's my uh into the pass uh playthrough of of everything on xbox game pass that i'm trying to make my way through um they just added more games so you know that's a it's a futile futile <laughs> goal uh, i'm gonna take it to my I'm grave so with sorry. me
1: but uh, they're also taking some stuff off too
0: yes so, you yeah know. i don't know how this is gonna work <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway yeah whatever uh, yeah that's it that's all i have you have anything else
1: no i mean uh, again thank you all uh if you like the show sharing it is always helpful you can leave a review on apple podcasts uh you out can. of five stars yeah deem us what you see fit yeah and yeah that's it uh i guess we'll wrap up uh thanks again for listening my name is Stephen hilger you can find me at Stephen hilger
0: my name is brendan bigley you can find me on the internet at brendan bigley
1: every now and then we switch up the order and i feel like we're both like oh okay this is this is a this is that episode yeah isn't it? yeah uh <laughs> Uh here we are. Ooh, uh, thanks again.
0: Tonight? Okay. Oh.
1: <laughs> How dare you? This is red wine. This is Trader Joe's finest $12 bottle. Uh, That's yes. right. Uh, a classic year it for is.
0: TJ wine. It is a classic.
1: I don't know what the deal is with Trader Joe's wine. I know nothing about wine. I barely drink wine. I don't know why this is happening tonight.
0: But I know everything about Minecraft. See ya. <laughs> Bye. Minecraftian. Goodbye. WG, the worst garbage dot online.